Mariano, you are an expert in lighthouses. And so tonight, I thought we could probe your area what? of expertise. Oh, spelled wrong? Naturally. You're listening to Expertise, Spelled Wrong, the podcast where the world's most expert experts discuss their areas of expertise expertly. Expert comedy writer Claire Sarah and expert comedy writer Dan O'Sullivan bring their expertise to other unrelated expertises. Tonight, Dana, we have so much to talk about. Your area of expertise, lighthouses, is a grand and epic one, isn't it? There's something wonderful about both light and houses, two basic elements that provide the very humanity to humanity, wouldn't you say? I would absolutely have said that if you hadn't come in on time. Light, houses, the smell of bread baking in the oven, the cry of a newborn baby, the morning dew atop the grass. These are the things that make life worth living. And without a lighthouse, you're not going to live for long. (laughs) So that's very interesting. I know that most of our audience, like myself, I'm sure, don't know what's it like to live in a lighthouse. The trickiest part of lighthouse keeping is gaining access to the lighthouse in the first place. It's hard to get a lighthouse mortgage, for example. Oh, that's a, a lighthouse, but a heavy burden. You need to find a special banker who specializes in lighthouse mortgages. Does that come under maritime law? It certainly does, so you'll need a special attorney too. It's difficult to calculate the cost per square foot because, as you know, a lighthouse is round. Mm. See, these these are the things that uh, laymen or people of the land... Land men, we call them, and landladies. So to be a landlady of a lighthouse, say, for instance. So if you don't buy your lighthouse outright then you have to rent. So your landlady is both a landlady and a landlady, unless she's living with you. And then she's not a landlady. She's your light lady. So the the light portion of a lighthouse, the actual lens and lamp itself, does that affect the people who are living beneath it? Oh my gosh, Claire, you can't get a good night's sleep in a lighthouse. Do you ever put a little night light on in the bathroom just to guide your way? I certainly. Well, imagine that intensified by the light of a thousand suns. So I imagine there has to be some kind of training for a lighthouse keeper to be able to find his circadian rhythms through the flashing lights of night. It's very much like training to be an astronaut or a scuba diver. You have to become accustomed to waking up about every 20 seconds when the lamp comes around. Then you get to sleep for about 60 seconds. Then vroom. The light comes around again. You jolt up every single time. It's really like sleeping in a refrigerator in a college dorm where dudes are coming in for a beer every 20 or 30 seconds. You hear that clunk, and then the light comes on. Mm. You jolt up, Mm. you say hey to the dude, and right back to sleep. Right. I could ask you why you don't sleep during the day, but that's for you lighthouse keepers, too. I just, I never thought of it. Oh, okay. I think, really, you've upended the lighthouse business just like that. So I'm loving this idea of sleeping during the day. My only qualm is if something, if you get off the cycle somehow and should fall asleep at night, you could very well be responsible for the deaths of untold thousands aboard passing ships. Well, it seems like you're almost ready to go there. I did want to ask you, you were witness to quite a crash when you were manning the lighthouse at Lighthouse Point of Lighthouse Bay. Yeah. Back in the day, the state of Massachusetts was, was called the Lighthouse State, mm. and that's the reason why. 
I'll never forget that night, Claire. Mm. I was sitting at house. We don't say at home. We say at house, listening to the songs of Gordon Lightfoot. Of course. And um, Stormy, was it stormy outside? Oh, well, the legend lives on from the Chippewa on down, mm-hmm. all the way down Look, to the, the Great Lake that they called Gitchigumi. They used to call it Gitchigumi. Uh, Superior, it said, never gives up its dead mm-hmm. till the gales of November turn gloomy. I don't know if that's true. It's That's what it said. Mm-hmm. That is what's said. I've said it. Yeah, I say it too. And you know, it, it's just... It's one of those things that people say. That people do say that. I think we should keep saying it because it's been said for so long. I think we should still keep saying it. Yeah, it's a saying. And that's what makes a saying a saying. That's right. And I don't want to be the one who stops saying the saying for the sake of not saying it. So there we were, Claire, that stormy night in November. And the first thing that let me know that something was amiss were the cries from the water below. Little dinghy, little dinghy. Ugh. Now, that's what my landlady calls me, and it's oh. a pet name. Right. So at first, I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. But the cry persisted. I rushed to the window to see what was the matter, and that lamp blinded me. There was nothing I could do for at least 60 seconds while my eyes grew accustomed to the dark again. So there you were at the lighthouse blinding you, cries of little dinghy floating up from the stormy seas below. We are trained for lighthouse fare. We often have a light lunch and then a light dinner, and in the mornings we have a light breakfast. One thing we are not trained for is crashing ships upon our rocks. The whole point of a lighthouse is the light is supposed to keep ships away or keep them at bay. Ah. That's where that expression comes from. Oh, keeps them at bay, not in bay. Yeah, you want the ships away from the lighthouse at bay. At bay. At bay. At bay? At bay. It's pig Latin. It was originally batay. Dana, may I just ask you one question? It's a little bit of an interruption. We we want to get back to the the tragedy of uh, the Craggy Harbor. Um, but you said that there were cries of little dinghy, and it turned out to be somebody who was in a little dinghy. Now, I, I am not a maritime scholar. If I was at sea in trouble, is that what I should do, is call out the name of the type of boat that I'm in rather than help? Help is great. SOS, hmm. Mayday, Mayday. In um, Bay, in Bay, I'm in Bay, I'm in Bay, I'm not at Bay. All of those things will get you some attention. But you have to remember, Claire, this is deep ocean water. There are Ooh. sharks eating people. Those people call out help. So how are we going to know it's that oh. it's a boating disaster and not a, a shark attack? So you only respond to boating disasters, of course. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine if we were called upon to to respond to every single disaster that happened around us? I, I kind of, I could, I had, I had imagined that. No, no, in fact. you should not imagine that. We're trained for three things and none of them, none of the three is dealing with shark attacks. Can you picture a lighthouse on the craggy mount, the stones leading up to it? Oh, I sure can. We get children walking barefoot over those almost every day, cutting mm. their little feet, yelling, help. Some of the French children, mayday, mayday. We can't be dashing down. It's 16 stories from the top to the bottom. We can't be dashing down with the first aid kit for every little child that stubs his toe on a stone below. I... Now, what's happened is some of these children have figured out the way it works. And, um, well, they've started yelling out little dinghy, little dinghy for the smallest little mm-hmm. scratches. Originally, the landlady would go dashing down with a life preserver and a rope thinking she needed to rescue sailors or passengers in a little dinghy only to find that all she needed was a Band-Aid and a bottle of Bactine. So you can imagine the night of this disaster we're talking about. We hear little dinghy, little dinghy, 
and we just assume it's little children out late. Granted, the cries were muffled as if they were distant, not just below on the rocks. Uh. But the landlady rushes down with the back teen. I think that night it was Campophonique. Delph. And the Band-Aids. Get that plug in. <laughs> Is that in the show notes? <laughs> yeah, we have um, a coupon. Five camphos off your finique. We rush down expecting to find the little children needing a little kiss on the elbow and sit home with a pat on their bottom. Can we edit that out, please? People will completely misinterpret that. I'm sorry, we can't do any editing today. Oh, uh, with a little kiss on the elbow. And um, shocked, shocked to see off in the distance, not one, but two little dinghies floundering in the great waves. My gosh, what a night. And did you see in the distance the, the mighty schooner from which they had fled? Yes, the proud prow of that schooner was just plunging beneath the waves, interestingly, mm. being attacked by sharks at the exact moment. So we wanted to help save that schooner, but because of the shark involvement, <laughs> that's another jurisdiction. Well, it wasn't it from what I had read too. It's just a, it was a terrible choice that um, that schooner had been made up entirely of chum. They called it the floating chums. So it was supposed to be a good time party boat. Somebody took it one step too far mm. and interpreted the friend meaning of chum to be the meat, blood, guts, and gore meaning of chum. Probably the same guy that opens the fridge every 20 seconds at your dorm, you know? It's that guy. You can, you know it's that guy. Yeah. There's always some yahoo. Mm -hmm. It was just a mess, Claire. You've got oh. the schooner going down. The deeper oh. it goes, the more it attracts the sharks and the less oh. me and the landlady want to get involved. Meanwhile, in the foreground, the two little dinghies are approaching our jurisdiction. Have you ever swum in an Olympic-sized swimming pool with the, the ropes of buoys? I certainly have. Well, around our lighthouse, it was a similar setup where we have a shipwreck area roped off. You're allowed to have shipwrecks within the ropes. There we can assist you. We've got lines we can toss you. We've got life preservers to throw. Mm. But if you're outside that, then you're in Coast Guard territory. So one of the dinghies was inside our jurisdiction. One of the dinghies was outside. But the, uh, the old landlady... She's got a mm -hmm. nut on her shoulders. She yells to the people, four visible sailors in the outmost dinghy, jump, jump into the dinghy within our jurisdiction because then we would be able to reel right. in the dinghy with all eight sailors together. A little bit of a cheat, but a compassionate one. Those four sailors in the outmost dinghy sprang forth over the rope into the inmost dinghy promptly plunging it into the deep, and all eight sailors died like that. It was a disaster. Oh, it was a, a strictly four-man dinghy. It was a four-man dinghy. Now, as a lighthouse keeper, are you responsible for some sort of ritual to the dead? Well, if you consider a lawsuit a ritual, then yes. We're being sued eight times, one for each family. I'd like to see Gordon Lightfoot fit that into a lyric. Naturally, it I really had no choice. I um, I divorced the, the landlady and left her completely fiscally responsible. Or high and dry, as the landlady might be. You mentioned my book on lighthouses. Yes, Lighthouses, Lightheart. It was one of the uh, pop-up books. And that was fun because uh, each lighthouse that we documented would pop up in the shape of the actual lighthouse. Oh, that's fabulous. Is that still available? Is that in print? You can only get it on eBay now. 
You could put a little 9-volt battery in the book, and so that would power an, an electric light at the top of each lighthouse. And it even came with a little set of matchbox ships that would burst into flame as they crashed. Um, I hope you also don't mind me um, bringing up uh, the reason that your book is only available on eBay or its sister company at bay is because of the battery-operated. You, you used actual small-sized Klieg lights uh, in, to give the children the feeling of being at a, in a, a lighthouse. We thought the children would love that. And uh, as long as they were wearing sort of a welding helmet, they did love that. But anybody with exposed eyes... Talk about rods and cones, Claire. Right. Real and shame. And you can't get rid of, you can't cure that with Bactine and Band-Aids. Those retinas are burned out for life. Yeah. I just want people to be aware. And if some, you know, parent thinking they're having an educational moment with their child was to pop open a lighthouse with a Klieg light. And- I do feel bad that it's still out there. There's only so much you can do. And I have signed off. I have signed all rights over to my landlady And in the same way that she's handling the little dinghy, she's also handling all those cases. Well, as long as your landlady is handling your little dinghy. Claire, I would just like to say that I'm pleased that we live in a time where we no longer have to face this man-made hellscape of the lighthouse. You've heard all the terrible things that can happen. The intent is almost always good, but the disaster that comes about through accidents, through poor planning. Through simply living there. Through simply living there. Through man trying to control nature. History shows again and again how nature points out the folly of men. Indeed. Thank you so much for coming on our show today, Dano. I know a lot of this uh, chat has been personally uncomfortable for you and detrimental to a lot of our listeners. Good night, be safe, keep a light on. The Expertise Spelled Wrong podcast is free and, like the Amish, all are welcome. Be sure to sign up for our email announcements at funnypodcast.co and follow us in your favourite podcast app, like the expert podcast listener we know you are. It was a four-man dinghy. The four-man dinghy ate my baby. (laughs) 